given us the the desire to be teachable. That is such a blessing. And I thank God for all of you who have joined us today for our worship service here with Cover the Earth Ministries. We're still having church, just a little bit different. Amen. I want you all to get your Bibles because I want to continue in the word that I ministered on last week, that I started with on last week. Um, and what I am ministering from is the book of Exodus, and it's chapter 14 and verses 1 through 31, but we are sectioning these verses off and we're giving you what God desires you to have for your lives. Amen. So with that in mind, we are going to go to the word. Amen. The book of Exodus chapter 10. I mean, I'm sorry, chapter 14. And we're going to read two verses today. We're going to read two verses today. Uh, actually, three verses. Verses 10 through 12. Verses 10 through 12 of uh, the book of Exodus chapter 14. Amen. It's going to be right there on, on the screen for you. Amen. All right, so let's go before the Lord with this word. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, what y'all to hear this? And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou, thus, hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is it not this the, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone? that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. My God. My God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for everything that's taking place today. We thank you for another opportunity to share your word with the people of God. To share your word with everyone that is on this broadcast, whatever platform they are watching from. We want your word, God, to penetrate the atmosphere, to infiltrate spaces, to go into homes, to go into hearts, to uplift, to remind, to remind us of who we are and whose we are. And no matter how disastrous the situation may be, remind us that you are there for us. Now bless us again in this word on today. In your mighty name, I pray. We say amen. amen. 
and amen. amen. I want to minister today, continue in, in this word from the subject of the Red Sea, the wilderness, your breakthrough. The Red Sea, the wilderness, your breakthrough. Amen. God is just so great. Where is God when we really need him? Where is God when things don't seem to be going right and we can't hear his voice? Where is God when trouble comes? This becomes the cry of the human heart. And this is the situation Israel was being confronted with. They had been freed from the cruel hand of Pharaoh, but why? Why? So that they could perish like hunted animals? Here they are, right now, here they are, trapped by the Red Sea, surrounded by Egyptian army, up against surmountable odds, insurmountable odds. But like I said last week, the problem was not Pharaoh. The problem was not the great military army. The problem was not the Red Sea. The problem was closer to home. The problem was the hearts of the Israelites, the secret thoughts of their hearts. God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Have you ever cried that out before? God, why me? This is not fair. I've done everything you've asked me to do. I've went everywhere you asked me to go. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Israel, and like many of us, when, when God brings us out of a situation, we, ask, we say, if only we have stayed in that situation, if only we had stayed where we were, life would be so much simpler. And as I continue this message this week, we're going to notice that those secret thoughts of their hearts became a reality to the ears of God and the ears of Moses. I ended last week with this statement. The world can attempt to deny believers the right to teach and to bear testimony for the only living and true God. 
Therefore, as men and women of God, listen, we must always be prepared for the turning away of the world, for the persecution of the world. Understand what I'm saying? You and I must always God be on God lest we begin to turn on the very ones whom God sent our way to bring us deliverance. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 18, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But be aware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Matthew 24 and 9, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. We must be on God. The Gospel of John chapter 15 verses 18 through 21, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. Be, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Mm. Remember the word I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. In the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 2 and 3, they shall put you out of the synagogue. Yeah, they, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that they have done, done God's service. And these things will they do unto you. Why? Because they have known not the Father nor me. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 29. For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 12. Yea, and in all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Listen, listen. We, gotta, we must be on God because things are going to come. And if we're not careful, they're going to make us turn. Yes, we will be pressed. We will be pressured. We will be in the line of persecution and personal attack. However, I submit unto you today that you and I must not give up. Amen. We cannot give in. Hear what I'm saying? We must put our shoulders to the plow and push forward no matter the odds. Somebody needs to just wave those hands in, in, a, in a confirmation of that. I'm going to press forward. Unfortunately, the children of Israel in this particular scripture, they failed in their time of pressure and persecution. Mm -hmm. They allowed what they saw to override what they had just experienced not even days or even hours before. 
Again, the word of God in the book of Exodus chapter 10, chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. Here is the scene. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone? Let us keep being whipped. Let us keep, you know, making these uh, uh, bricks without straw. Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Fear, faithlessness, complaining, blaming others is what they fell into. Third scene of the seven was that of fright and terror. It was the fear and the cry out of God's people. When God's people saw the world's most powerful army marching over the horizon towards them, just picture that you're looking over the horizon, that, that imaginary line that as far as the eyes can see, and you all of a sudden, you see the world's most powerful army marching over the horizon towards you. They were as any unarmed people would be. They were stricken with fear. In Exodus 14 and 10, some of them cried out for God's help. Others cried out against God's leader, complaining and turned against him. They accused Moses of bringing them into the wilderness to be slaughtered by the Egyptians. The accusers reminded Moses that they had asked him in Egypt to leave them alone, saying slavery was better than death in the desert. The people of God felt hopeless and helpless. There they were, a, def a defenseless people, including women and children, about to be attacked by the mightiest army on earth. They saw no way of deliverance. And because they saw no way of deliverance, they were gripped with a deep, intense despair. And what did they do? What did they do? They blamed and condemned God's leaders. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Follow me on this. They forgot, watch this, they forgot God's mighty arm of salvation and deliverance just a few days ago. They forgot all of the plagues that they saw wrought by the hand of God. They forgot the mighty acts that they had just seen God do on their behalf to get them out of bondage. 
the point to see here is the fright of God's people and their lack of faith. Fear, terrible fear, would be natural in such a situation. A lot of times people say, well, you ought not be afraid. Listen, we understand that. We know that. But the natural part of us, the natural side of us, sometimes that fear grips us. And it appears that the situation is, is just insurmountable. We cannot get out of this. It appears that we are doomed. We are destined to die. We are destined to be destroyed. And crying out to God would be natural. That would be a normal reaction. Crying out to God, yes, that's what we ought to do, but not complaining or turning against God's leader. Because what this did, what this did, and you need to understand this, this revealed a shallow, weak faith. The people were not trusting God to deliver them. Their memories were short-lived. Just think about what God had done for them. God had demonstrated his mighty power in launching 10 plagues of judgment upon Egypt. And all the Israelites, you know, had witnessed God's power. They had seen what God could do. God had just delivered them from the Israelites from enslavement in Egypt. God had begun to begin guiding them step by step since they had been set free. In addition, God had promised to take them into the promised land of Canaan. The moment, listen, what was taking place right then and there, it called for faith. It called for strong faith in God's promise. It called for strong faith in God's promise and in his mighty arm that had been proven time and time again. When I look back over my life, I see how the hand of God had brought me so many times. I see how he had brought me through so many times, done so many great things for me. The children of Israel had seen the power of God, but faith was lacking. They felt there was no deliverance available. No possible way they could be saved from so great an enemy. But God's word is clear. We are not to fear. I want y'all to hear what I'm saying. I know where some people's minds are going right now, but I need you to stick with me. We are not to fear because God is going to be doing some great things. And fear is not foolishness. Faith is not foolishness. Because you say you have faith in God, it does not mean that you do crazy things. Watch this. God did not, and, and I know I'm going a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm going to talk about this later on as well. God did not tell them to go towards the army. Mm -hmm. He just said, Stand still. See, no matter how severe the circumstance, no matter how terrible the problem, no matter how hopeless and how helpless the situation may seem, I can never be overtaken by fear and faithlessness. 
Matthew chapter 17, verse number 17. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. That's when he came down off the Mount of Transfiguration and the disciples could not heal a man who had, was having epileptic seizures. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, and verse number 40, and he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse number 67, Art thou the Christ tell us? And he said unto them, If I tell you, you will not believe. Luke 24 and 25, then said he unto them, O fools, and, and slow of heart to be delivered, all that the prophets have spoken, to, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. The Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse number 37, but, th but though he had done so many miracles before them, listen y'all, yet they believed not on him. Amen. Fear. Hear what I'm saying? Fear is one of the worst nightmares people can face as we journey through the wilderness of the world. We got to understand this. We have to understand this. Fear is a part of who we are, but we do not have to allow fear to overtake us. Fear causes people to worry a lot about money. Fear causes people to fight amongst themselves. Fear causes people to be overly concerned with their appearance. Fear causes people to isolate themselves. Fear causes people to become physically sick. Fear causes people to ignore God. Fear causes people to make rash and harried decisions. Fear causes people to spew out false accusations. Fear causes people to grasp after friendship. Fear causes people to strike out at other people. Fear causes people to withdraw into a shell. Look, fear causes people to steal, to lie, to cheat, to abuse, to fight, and to kill. What is a person to do when fear strikes? How do we handle it? Because it is going to come. Like I said, it's part of who we are. There was only one antidote. Only one true remedy. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can bring peace and calm into our lives. He can deliver us from fear. And this is a clear declaration in the word of God. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 30 through 31. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear ye not, therefore. Ye are of more value than many sparrows. The answer is in the Lord. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, and verse number 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Watch this now. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
John 16, 33, these things are spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Watch this, listen, listen, listen. This ought to give us some strength, but be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. Be careful for nothing. Do not be anxious nor fear, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then finally, Psalm 23, verse number 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. We cannot allow, we cannot allow fear. Let's go back one. I want to read this one scripture, the book of Romans chapter number eight. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword, nay, in all things we are what? We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Here's that. This must be our mindset. This must be our mindset. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, not height nor death, not any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus Listen, listen, what we need to do is realize that God did not bring us this far to leave us. Somebody ought to give God some glory. God did not bring the Israelites from bondage to allow them to die at the mouth of the Red Sea. He just didn't do it. Check this out. God knew that the Israelites were in no shape to fight. He knew that. He knew they were not prepared to face such a strong opposition. He knew that, especially spiritually or militarily. They were not actually armed for battle. He knew that, and knowing this, God changed their course and led the Israelites in the exact opposite direction that they were going. He took them south, away from Canaan, into the wilderness. Listen, listen. It was not the most obvious way. It was not the shortest way. Come on, follow me on this. It was not the most direct way, but it was the best way. <laughs> Why? Because it was God's way. And this ought to be a blessing to you on today, what I'm about to say. God knows what his people could handle. He knew what his people could handle. He knew that they needed to take the long way home. And as they, as they travel that long, winding road, they often doubted, as they did in the text right here, whether God was really, or God's way was really the best way. But we need to understand God knew exactly what he was doing, as he always does. 
look, God, listen, whatever God happens to do be happens to be doing right now, you must believe that it is all for the best. Like it says in, in, in Romans 8, 28, see, it may not seem like it's the best, but it is. Because Romans 8, 28 teaches us in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, yeah. who have been called according to his purpose. It may not seem like it's the best way, but it's the best way. Yeah. Even when we are tempted to doubt whether God knows what he is doing, we are called to believe that his way is the best way. Do you all believe that on yeah. today? His way is the best way. You may have to take the long way home, but just remember, it's working for your good. Yes. God's way is the best way. Yes. It may seem like an impossible situation. Just remember, is working for your good. Yes. God's way is the best way. Yes. Yes. I cannot get upset with my man of God. Why? It's working for my good because God's way is the best way. I cannot get upset with my woman of God. Why? Because it's working for my good because God's way is the best way. I cannot get upset with my husband because it's working for my good because God's way is the best way. I cannot get upset with my wife because it's working for my good because God's way is the best way. Yes, 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 yes. I will, and we, we need to make this declaration. Even when we go through our trials, we cannot get upset with people. We cannot turn against people. What we need to do is make this declaration. I will make it through my trials. I will make it through my tribulations. I will make it through my troubles. I will make it through my struggles. I will make it through my stress. I will make it through my storms. I will make it through my ups and downs. I'll make it through the valley. I'll make it over the mountains. I will make it. Why? Because God's way is always the best way. No matter what it may look like in your life right now, you may feel like you are at the mouth of the Red Sea and there are enemies behind you and there are mountains and other valleys beside you and there is no way out. But be of good cheer. God's way is the best way. You can cry out to God. You can talk to God. Well, pastor, that's easy for you to say, but I need to know how to handle all these things right now. Let me tell you, what to do next week when I continue this message. The Red Sea, wilderness, and your breakthrough. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this word on today. Thank you, God. It is a reminder that your way is the best way. Life may seem difficult. It may seem like there is absolutely no way out. It may seem like we are surrounded by insurmountable odds. But we must always keep in mind that your way is the best way. Give us instruction. Give us direction. As we are in the midst of our wilderness, 
we are going through the trials, as we are going through the tribulations of life, as things come at us from every area, every corner, every direction, keep us in the right heart, in the right mind, that your way is the best way. Teach us what to do when we find ourselves in those situations.